Hey everyone, welcome back to the Slob Sisters podcast. I'm Steph, a stay-at-home mom on a mission to learn all things homemaking and how to make my life a little easier. I'm here with my co-host, my sister Jill. Hey everybody, I am coming to you from my closet. Apparently it was too echoey last <laughs> time, so Steph instructed me to come into my closet, so I am here among all of my clothes, uh, so hopefully the sound is good this time. I've heard that the bedroom closet is akin to a professional recording studio. I'm here on the floor of my very cluttered office so that there's lots of noise absorption. In fact, I'm right in front of a old mattress standing up. Yeah. Why do recording artists even need like a recording studio when they have cluttered offices and closets? But anyways, exactly. let's let's get to today's topic. Super excited for episode three here. Yeah, me too. Um, before we get started, though, we discussed that we were going to talk about some progress that we'd been making. Yeah, I thought it'd be fun every week during each podcast, just the beginning, to take a minute and talk about, you know, one thing, maybe big, maybe small, that we've done this week to make some progress in our homes, and our lives, just to kind of, I don't know, share with people that, you know, sometimes what we're proud of isn't necessarily something huge. And for me, this week, I made my bed every day. And that was something that I kind of strived for last week to start kind of getting in the habit of doing again. And it makes such a difference to my room. So that's what I did this this week and I'm pretty happy about it. I am very proud of you. As you know, making the bed is one of my top three habits every single day and it was the first habit I adopted when I started my journey to not being such a slob hot mess. So good for you. Thanks. Um, my progress this week is to do with my 22 for 2022 goals and I have been practicing my piano every day um, a lot more regularly. So I wasn't for a while and then we got the piano tuned and now it's a lot more fun to play. So I practiced every day. That's awesome. I haven't talked to you really at all about this, so I can't wait to see you in a few weeks and hear a couple tunes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I can really belt out uh, happy birthday. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get to the topic of today's podcast, and it's all about clean fluencing. Have you heard this word before? I have heard it kind of from you, but I'm really excited. I'm kind of coming into this episode, this podcast with you today blind. Um, I'm really excited to learn what you're going to say today. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Right. So I did tell you the topic ahead of time, but I said, hey, why don't I do the research and I'll kind of teach you about it. We're just kind of feeling out this podcast, trying to figure out what works best. So this is going to be kind of a trial run of this learning style podcast. Um, so yeah, the rise of the clean influencer. And just to put it into context, I myself have a YouTube channel based on cleaning and that's probably the category I fall under. In yes, fact, I've been you are an article the... in the New York Times about <laughs> clean fluency. So. And you were on a Korean news station, I think, right? That's right. Yes, I was on the Korean national news. There you go. And uh, about clean fluencing. Okay, clean fluencing. I want to go rewind this all the way back. I'm going to talk a little bit about the history here because really this whole genre is based around learning to be a homemaker. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, why would people need homemaking lessons? Don't they learn it? You know, everybody grows up in a home for the most part. You know, where are we not getting this message? And I, for one, did not get the message and was a terrible homemaker. I just didn't learn how. And so I kind of looked into it a little bit and did some research. And one thing I think is probably the biggest indicator is if you're going to learn how to do something, you're going to learn to do it from someone else. And there has been a giant decline in kind of stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home parents, 
since kind of the late 1970s. And so I thought, well, maybe that's it, right? We're not having stay-at-home parents, so we're not learning it from them. So how do you learn to be a homemaker? And why does this seem to be such a struggle for people these days? Like, do you ever feel that you just have no idea what you're doing? Sometimes, and especially sometimes when I, I get onto YouTube or social media and I see how other people do it, I think, wow, maybe the way I was taught and how I've always done something isn't actually the best. And I think that's kind of another, you know, realm of this cleanfluencer thing is showing people there's more than one way to do something and maybe an easier way. Yes, definitely. That is huge, learning a new and better way for sure. But I think like really rewinding it, I was looking at why didn't I learn this in the first place? And, you know, I didn't have a stay-at-home homemaker mother. My mom did obviously do homemaking. She cooked for us and cleaned, but it wasn't in this kind of homemaking way. It was around the rest of her life, which was parenting as a single mother and having a job. And then for you, you were with our single dad and you guys had a very relaxed vibe <laughs> around the house that I wouldn't say had any kind of rhyme or reason to your system, right? It was kind of clean when things got really, really bad. Yeah, I, uh, I, I spent a lot of my childhood surrounded by sawdust, we'll say. We tended yeah, to... Yeah. <laughs> whenever I go, yeah, past the the when I go past a construction site, it's like so nostalgic. It's just like, mm, my childhood. <laughs> I can mm, smell it. Home. It does. <laughs> I know. And I remember he bought a new vacuum finally, and it was a shop vac, and we were like using it in the house. It Anyways. was excellent because you didn't have to like pick up even large items because you could just vacuum everything <laughs> up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So um, safe to say that we didn't have the standard traditional kind of homemaking example to follow. And I think that's probably why I have basically no idea what I'm doing later in life. So this is kind of interesting. And this is one thing I thought, if you don't have that example, chances are you don't have anyone to learn from, right? And since the kind of late 1970s, the number of stay-at-home moms, I won't say dads because stay-at-home dads have actually been increasing, but stay-at-home moms have been drastically declining, especially in the 1980s. I think that was the whole kind of power <clears throat> era, women going back to work, um, finding a power job and things like that. And so it's been like drastically reduced in the 80s, which is kind of when we were born. And then it's leveled off a bit, but always been dropping ever since. So the number of actual stay-at-home parents and full-time homemakers has decreased. So why do you think, Steph, that a stay-at-home mom who's obviously cooking and cleaning and doing all that stuff is, is kind of putting those skills, giving those skills to their kids more than a working mom who's still having to cook and clean? Are we just not taking the time to show our kids how to do it? So I think that's a really good point. And, and like I kind of mentioned, like our parents still had to homemake in their own way, but I guess it always felt like it was a bit of a side, um, a side thing kind of, our mom was often very tired from working and there was a lot of panic cleaning happening. And so when I became a mom, I did the same thing, kind of let everything kind of get really messy and then do a big panic clean. And because I was a stay-at-home mom and I had all day, I just kept thinking like, why do I have to keep doing it in this stressful way? Why can't I have a system that's a little bit more flowy? So I guess I associate stay-at-home moms and, and homemakers full-time as having a little bit more of a steady system, right? They're there all day. They're not having to cram this stuff in on either end of their workday. Yeah, absolutely. Does that, make, does that make sense? Yeah, and like what you said, you know, I know growing up you did have kind of that everything get dirty. Oh my gosh, someone's coming over. Let's clean it all really fast. And, you know, you tended to do that yourself until, you know, picking up these new routines and habits and stuff like that. So it makes sense. You do what you're taught and what you've seen your whole life. So sure. Yeah. So I'm not saying there aren't working parents that don't have, you know, a really calm system for keeping the house clean. 
Um, but I think it is harder, right? And that's one of the big questions we always get asked on the YouTube channel is, how do I do this when I'm working full time? When do I fit this all in, right? That's a whole topic for another day. <laughs> we won't get into that. But with sticking with this clean influencer thing. So as to, so I came to this world of being a stay-at-home mom, homemaker full time at the age of 31. And it was a very rude awakening. I had no idea what I was doing. And it was very quickly apparent that I was doing a terrible job of it. <laughs> Um, if you recall, there was a lot of tears, a lot of our mom having to come up and save me <laughs> literally <laughs> from like the laundry monster. It was just bad. And I knew in my heart I was doing something wrong. And I know you, you can say you're not doing it wrong, but I just was like, there's got to be a better way that isn't so awful and torturous. Well, yeah, you constantly felt like you had a huge weight on your shoulders with everything kind of falling apart around you. And I remember you going through that too. And um, yeah, it was, you know, hard for you and and hard for us to kind of support and stuff but you've turned a corner so yes I have turned a corner and I would like to acknowledge how that happened I basically started from scratch and took homemaking lessons right off of YouTube at the age of 31. If you've been watching my channel for any length of time and you've seen the beginnings of where I was it was a mess and I've come so far and it's I've been learning basically from other people and these are cleanfluencers that have been teaching me. And so I wanted to research this whole cleanfluencing genre. And I started with YouTube around like 2016, but this is not new. In fact, if you go all the way back to like the early 20th century, late 19th century, there are homemaking books you can grab that teach you exactly how to do everything. And it was really funny because you've probably seen this. The ones from the 40s and 50s are all about like how to be a great housewife and most of it really really revolves around pleasing your husband. I was going to say keeping your husband happy and making sure they're coming home and not, you know, yeah. having anything to yeah. do. You know, dressing up before he comes in the door. So I mean, helpful maybe for that time. Helpful for now, not at all. <laughs> not that I don't want my husband to be happy and I don't want to be a good wife, but really the parameters of what that involves have evolved since then. So that was kind of the start of it. From there, it was mostly books, right? We didn't have the internet in the 80s and 90s. And so who do you think, like I'm considering this one per particular person to kind of be the original, the OG homemaker or cleanfluencer of homemaking. And who do you think I'm thinking of? Can you guess? I'm thinking it was that person you mentioned on last week's podcast when we were talking about homemaking. Um, I don't know. I would never know this. Oh, <laughs> so Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I obviously know that person. Of course you do. Yeah. She taught you how to set a table and how to fold sheets and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, so she started writing cookbooks and guides to entertaining in the 80s and just kind of blew up from there. She was hugely popular in the 90s. It's just probably why I remember her because that's when we were kids. And if you're a kid of the 90s, there's no way your house didn't have at least one Martha Stewart Living magazine in there. Like she was gigantic. She was totally self-made. In fact, she is known as the first self-made woman billionaire in the United States. Like this was huge. So as much as it seems like this is a brand new genre, it's not. And some of the most successful people got started before the internet was even a thing. So fast forward a couple years, Martha Stewart is kind of huge in the 90s. She's the icon, she's the go-to. This is where you're kind of getting all your tips and tricks and recipes and yeah, how to set your table and how to decorate your house for Christmas, etc. But then it starts to grow slowly. And I think with the coming of the internet, this is where everything gets to explode, as is most genres. And so this is where things like you know, How Clean Is Your House came out of the, the UK. And that was when, remember those ladies would come to the house and it was a television show and one had like 
rubber gloves with fur lined on them. Do you remember this? <laughs> no. And anyways, they would look at someone's dirty house and clean it all up. And it was pretty popular. It was on for a while. And then Fly Lady started, which is a whole cleaning system that I kind of got started with and followed. Her book came out in 2002. But Steph, you and- also, before you started Fly Lady, you did a little bit of that um, KonMari system, didn't you? Wasn't that before you started yes. Fly Lady? Yes. I'm going to get to KonMari. I'm just trying to give it in chronological order. So I Fly see. Lady came out and people were following her, not me. I was 18 years old. I was just like, that was not my thing. And so that was kind of happening. These are books. Then the internet comes and then YouTube comes. And YouTube really started to pick up steam in kind of like 2010. And so I wanted to talk about some of these early clean influencers and what they were doing. So you'll probably still recognize some of these names. Uh, Dana K. White. Yep. She does a lot of decluttering stuff. How Jen Does It, which was one of my favorite ones when I got started. Clean My Space, Do It on a Dime, Clutterbug, Clean Mama. They all got started kind of 2012 to 2014. And even some of them were before that. Wow. So they've been going on 10 years of doing this. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And these girls have, well, these women, I should say, these women have millions of subscribers now. Um, But if you go back to their early videos, it's always fun if you follow someone on YouTube to go and see their first videos because obviously everyone improves and some of those early ones are rough. But, you know, it's the dark videos, not really good lighting. And a lot of the early days of YouTube was just very specific how-tos. So it's a lot of how to get a stain out of a shirt, how to clean this, how to clean your wine glasses. So it's a lot of that, all these people. Well, it's probably the first time for a lot of people that they were actually able to put in a search bar exactly what they're looking for and it pop up without having to go look through a bunch of books. So it was kind of a a new way. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've all used YouTube to figure out exactly how to do anything, right? It's just so easy. So this was kind of the start. I call these like the early clean influencers, even though a lot of them are still making videos and they're really current and still very popular some of them more popular than ever. Those are kind of the early days around 2015. And it's interesting you bring up Marie Kondo because her book was published at the end of 2014. And from my research, I feel like this is the real turning point in clean fluencing. Everybody read the life-changing magic of tidying up and spark joy. And suddenly we're going through our stuff and purging like crazy. And so 2015, I think was really the start of that. Do you remember that whole kind of era? I remember going up to your house and your underwear being folded beautifully and not quite understanding it because (laughs) I was, you know, I was in my early twenties. So a little bit younger, not quite, you know, in a time in my life where I cared about that kind of thing. But yeah, I remember the whole folding of the clothes and, and you and our mom talking about the system there. So I I definitely remember that coming out mm-hmm. and and deciding whether your things spark joy absolutely i still that's... say that all the time this sparks joy yeah. <laughs> yeah i love that i mean it's so good that we started to assess our things based on whether we love them or need them so kind of marie kondo came about and this huge minimalism and decluttering trend followed but also this is when people start getting onto youtube these clean influencers and really producing some high quality content This is when you started seeing some of these giant family channels where you watch a homemaking um, wife. I'm going to say wife and mom throughout this because mostly that's what it is. But there, oh, I didn't actually find any clean fluencer men. There should be that. (laughs) But these, these giant family channels start. These big clean with me videos start where you're just watching someone clean their house, whether it's for motivation or just to relax. And then also these videos that are kind of like follow me around all day, day in my life when I 
do this or that or the other thing. And in this context, a lot of it included cleaning. The other thing that happened around this time is one particular app started to really explode. You know, the young people had found it, but this is when the moms find it. And that's when these things really blow up. And that was Instagram. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. And seeing, yes. you know, the pictures inside people's lives. Yes. Seeing people's beautiful homes, getting tips on their decor, getting tips on how to do things. And also this kind of idea of subscribing and following along, building channels and building brands just around yourself started to become really a bigger thing. Do you think becoming an influencer didn't really start until Instagram came out? Or were you, was it referred to as being an influencer before that, or just YouTube? Or was that kind of Instagram really picked that up for people? Yeah, I think Instagram was the thing that really brought it into the mainstream. There definitely was influencers before, you know, but maybe they were more like based on television or they were celebrities. This is where we start getting into just like a regular person's doing something and everyone's really interested. Right. And wanting to do everything like they are and, you know, purchasing products and seeing what they're doing um, and doing it the same. Yeah. So this is around the time that I found YouTube and clean fluencing and started my homemaking journey. And the one that I found originally was how Jen does it. And then Diane in Denmark, who I refer to all the time. And basically I'm sitting there with a one and a half year old and a three month old in tears. I think my mom was up at the time and I'm like, I can't do this. How is this so hard for me? And she says, my mom, you need a system. And I know someone who has a system and she pulls me onto YouTube. My mom, who is like 65 at the time, she's all up to date on exactly what's going on, pulls me onto YouTube. And there I start watching people clean their house. My husband comes home and goes, what are you doing? And I laugh and say, we're watching people clean their houses on YouTube. And he's like, what? I'm like, I know this seems crazy, but the more you watch it and they explain what they're doing, you start to see, oh, I can do this too. I just didn't know how. And it's an interesting thing, I think, with homemaking that we assume because we own a home or we have children or we have to prepare a meal, we should know how all those pieces go together. But guess what? If no one shows you what to do or tells you, how would you know? Right. And so this is the struggle, I feel like. And I started my channel quite a bit after I kind of found these things as just a way of accountability for me. I never thought anybody would watch it because I thought, well, there's no way anybody else struggles like this. Which is crazy because I'm watching these other channels that lots of people are watching. They're super popular. So there's obviously people out there like me. I start this channel and the biggest feedback I get is, wow, you're just like me. And I didn't realize anybody else was. I think one thing that set you apart from a lot of the other, you know, clean fluencers and cleaning videos that we were seeing on YouTube. And I remember you mentioning this is a lot of times we are watching people clean their already clean homes, where you really wanted to come across as being real, being relatable, and cleaning your, frankly, you know, very dirty, very chaotic home. And people, people could relate to that. You know, you're not looking online for somebody to clean a clean home. Clearly, they know what they're doing. You're looking for someone who's just like you. And you found a huge community of people just like that. Yeah, exactly. So there's kind of those two different sides of clean fluencing. One where you've kind of already got it together. So this would be like how Jen does it. And that's how she got started, actually. I think some women from her church would come to her house and say, wow, your house is so clean and organized. How do you do it? And she kept explaining to them. And then finally, she just started putting them up on YouTube saying, here's how I do it. And that's how it came to be. How and that's Jen more it. of a Martha Stewart kind of style where she seemed to have it all so, together. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And she probably does. I mean, but it's very inspirational and it's, it's not, it's a good place to start, right? Like you want to start with someone who knows what they're doing. Absolutely. But then I think sometimes to keep that motivation going, it's, it's nice to have that other side of the coin where it's like, Hey, here's where I'm at. And this is what I'm working on. And you might just be like me and that's okay. 
Well, and a lot of people probably feel like they've got too far to go if they go to a channel and maybe see a perfectly clean home being clean and they think, well, I've got too far to go. You know, where do I start? And you definitely gave yes. people that place. Here's where you can start. Yeah. Well, I hope, I mean, I hope so. That was, that was the intention. Well, the original intention was just to help myself, <laughs> but it obviously helped more people and that was great. So speaking of when you feel like you are so far in, you have no idea what you're doing, your house is a disaster. What would you say was the next kind of major turning point for Cleanfluencers? I would say Netflix series. Netflix series, Home Edit. Yes. Home Edit. And Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo had a, a show on Netflix. Um, okay. I'm going to give it to you. This is, I'm, I'm almost certain this is when it was, was the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, this is when those, I mean, home edit, I mean, surely they have to thank COVID a little bit for their success. It was perfectly timed right in there. Yeah, absolutely. People were cleaning on a whole nother level when COVID started. And there's actually a woman, a local woman in Calgary, and I won't mention who it is, but you'll know who I'm talking about, who the amount of deep cleaning done by this company was just, it was crazy. And it was, you know, we've never been instructed to clean so much than during COVID. We were just turning all into a bunch of clean freaks, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was the huge thing. Not only now are we like cleaning and sanitizing everything and like, we're not making this into a COVID discussion at all. We're cleaning and sanitizing everything, but also suddenly everyone is sitting at home all day and everyone became an instant homemaker. Right. Yeah. So you've got people who maybe didn't even have homemaking parents, didn't they've never been a homemaker, they've never had stay-at-home parents, they've never been stay-at-home people and suddenly everyone's sitting there all day confined to the four walls of their house. Well, a lot of and people What do you were, think everyone saw? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were laid off their jobs. I know I was laid off for 4 months at home with their kids for the first time maybe. And so yeah, a lot of people sitting there probably thinking how do I do this? This is new. Yeah. And where do they go? But, you know, two influencers who have, you know, a ton of content <laughs> out there for them already. Yeah. Yeah. And so I saw a huge uptick with this. And like you mentioned before, there were some that went from zero to like a million with their deep cleaning techniques and tips and tricks, because I think yeah, everyone's like, oh my goodness, I'm in my house. I have no idea what I'm doing. Everyone started baking bread. We're all sewing. We're doing gardens, right? Like you couldn't buy soil at the garden center that whole year suddenly or yeast or flour or yeast or flour suddenly homemaking (laughs) is back in the spotlight because everybody's at home and so this whole kind of clean influencer genre just exploded and that's I think really when this word became into the mainstream and some of these channels really started to blow up and I was going to mention yeah home edit and some of these organizing channels and decluttering things you know suddenly when you have to look at all your stuff all day long you start noticing how nasty it just might be well and how often do you have a big chunk of time staying at home to get these big projects done I mean you couldn't travel you couldn't go see a friend you were stuck at home and what better time to kind of conquer some bigger projects like organizing your home than than COVID. Yeah. And I feel like there was a lot, there was a huge inflush of new clean influencers starting and, and tracking their journeys or just showing how they were doing DIY stuff. And so that's amazing. It, at first it felt like, oh my goodness, everybody's doing this, but it really is so great because the more people can help other people through these um, avenues, I think that's fantastic. And not everybody maybe is going to jive with the way I do it. Maybe they'll find a different person, but everybody seems to be finding their person that they kind of look to for homemaking advice now, 
I feel like everybody I know has a person they kind of follow. Yeah. Everyone is someone they kind of follow and look up to. And so in this way, we've come full circle where maybe way back when it was your parent teaching you. And then, and now we've come to a place where we all kind of have our own pseudo parents. So my personal one is, as you know, Diane in Denmark, every time I don't know how to do something, I watch her channel and she motivates me and gets me going. Um, but there's tons of them out there. Well, and she's such a positive spirit too. She, you can't help but smile when watching Diane. She's so, she's so nice. Yeah, and and really just learning to, not only do homemaking and get these jobs done, but enjoy them. Right, the art of homemaking, enjoying that whole process and and feeling at peace with it. Not always feeling like, oh, my whole life is a chore for other people. Really, feeling like you have something to give and you're really giving something back to your family that's important. Yeah. Do you feel like when um, COVID started, your channel exploded? My channel definitely saw an uptick. A lot of it was decluttering. I think decluttering was really big during COVID. So a lot of my decluttering stuff really exploded. But generally, my channel has been growing steadily, kind of up and up and up. And I haven't seen too many huge big uptakes since the beginning. Right. So Speaking of growing and getting bigger, so the next one I wanted to talk about is kind of the future and what's happening now. And what I have seen here, happening here, is TikTok. Have you been on TikTok and seen this hashtag clean talk? Oh, have I been on TikTok? <laughs> we don't need to go back to last week's episode when I talked about my screen time, but I can thank TikTok for a lot of those hours. One of a lot of the things I look at are yeah, cleaning hacks, um, which I'm sure is what you're gonna kind of get into. Um, and yeah, there's so much on there. Yeah, so clean talk has just next place for people to grow is on TikTok and through this clean talk, and it's a lot of deep cleaning, deep cleaning hacks. But then people just sharing their systems, and I've seen lots of people sharing their fly lady system or clean mama system or just however they're getting their homemaking done. And it's a really easy place for people to get on there and see really quick, like, oh, how's she doing it? Oh, great. Right. So this is kind of like, I feel like the new place that people are finding. So now we've got Instagram, we've got YouTube, there's TikTok. And really, I think what it comes down to is we're learning how to balance it all. Because in the 50s and previously, or I guess the 70s and previously, there was someone fully dedicated to taking care of the home. Usually that was someone in your household's job. Um, and now a lot of people work other jobs or we're just have hobbies. You know, my whole life isn't dedicated to making sure my husband's happy when he gets home from work. <laughs> and so it's really now just learning about the balance. So even the whole idea of what a homemaker is and what our jobs are has shifted. And I think that watching TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and all these things really can be a really important tool in helping that change. Right. Do you think, though, that we can get down a bit of a rabbit hole with it and, you know, instead of spending the time cleaning ourselves, just follow a bunch of people, look at a bunch of things, maybe even feel bad because I know a lot of times on Instagram when I'm following these people, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, look at their house, look at how beautiful it is. And I feel like I can never get there. Is that a problem, do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, I even have people uh, that follow me and say, your house is so perfect. How do you always do it like this? How is it always like this? And I just want to say, like, check the name of the channel. It's called The Secret Slob. Like, I have my own struggles with this, too. And I still do. I have my own struggles with this, too. I still do. I still don't have a perfect house. And I try and I try to reiterate that all the time on my channel. Like, you know, we're struggling with this or we just moved and this is hard. And I didn't do the, my routines last week it's still always going to be normal life and it's all about 
just that continuing to keep going, making progress, trying your best and doing what you can with the energy and time you have. So it's so important to remember these clean influencers are giving you an example. And the same as me, I'll never show a full day video where things are just in the toilet and I'm having an awful day and nothing goes right. You're only ever going to see the best. Yeah. And I think right? so it's a definitely a filtered version that's so important to remember. Absolutely. And I think that's important for all social media, really, in general. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, in terms of the DIY and the, the clean fluencing and stuff like that, good to remember that everyone's human on the other side of that screen and not everything is always going to go as planned, but you can just kind of keep doing your best. So it's really interesting. I mean, I did... Fall, I do follow a little bit of the clean fencing. I really liked um, watching the things, the new things on Netflix when COVID kind of started. And I've always followed your channel. So I've been in the know a little bit, but I didn't realize how far back it went um, and kind of the chronological order of how things progressed. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I think it's something that people have always, I thought, oh, in the fifties, they just knew. No, there was still handbooks back then. You know, technology has just changed everything, upgraded it. We get our information a little bit faster. Now it's 15 second TikTok videos, but however, you're going to find your information. Just know you're not alone and not knowing how to do this is totally normal and totally natural, but you're not too, you're never too late to the game. You can always learn better and easier and more efficient ways of doing things. So Absolutely, if you yeah. are listening to this and feel like you're struggling, please, you can watch my channel or you can jump on anybody's YouTube channel or Instagram or TikTok. There's somebody out there that's doing a system that is going to work great for you. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Yeah, I really like watching people clean while I'm cleaning. So I suggest that because I can go down a rabbit hole really quickly. So one thing I do is I can watch, you know, get some cleaning motivation, but be actually cleaning myself or folding laundry or something like that. So thanks for all the info stuff. That was really interesting, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you found it interesting. I found it really interesting, especially because I'm in this genre and I didn't even know half those things. So I hope you found that helpful. But before we go, I do want to hear a funny story. And this week, it's your turn. Yeah. So this week, it's my my turn and you know I was kind of laying in bed last night thinking oh okay I've got to get a funny story for tomorrow and this one kind of came to mind and you probably don't remember and it was when we were kids I think I was like pre-teen I want to say 12 13 when we went to the east coast of Canada camping yeah I was 15 okay yeah so you would have so, been 11 yeah 11 12 I would have been 12 so um because it was the summer so just kind of in that pre-teen time and we were camping and we had a rental van I think this is where our love for minivans stemmed from because it was just awesome it was a silver <laughs> minivan and I remember this yeah. minivan because it's it uh, relates to my embarrassing moment here so we were camping around the east coast and a lot of times when we'd show up at a campground a couple people would get out of the van and walk around looking for the best site well the van would also go around looking and so right. as I saw the van approaching while I was walking around the campground I started you know in my completely weird and unique way dancing like a total weirdo in the middle of the street well you know that's not bad enough then and I, I don't know why and it's one of those moments I think like that's not even okay in the first place I dropped my pants and started dancing <laughs> with my butt out and I'm dancing and I'm so into it that I'm not even looking up at the silver van our van approaching me <laughs> I've got my pants around my ankles dancing away. And sure enough, this van just comes closer and closer. And I look up and it's a completely different family. Because <laughs> everyone had these same silver rental vans out there. It's the same rental van. It's the same rental van. And I'm thinking, 
you know, when I was laying in bed last night thinking, like, oh, that was so embarrassing, I'm like, but, like, what were you doing with, like, dancing with your pants down, even if it was your family? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I was an interesting Our kid. I was weird that way, though. We, we were a weird family. <laughs> they just, the people probably felt bad. They're like, oh, she's not all right. Okay. <laughs> Just keep going. Uh, well, we were a weird family. I don't feel like there was a lot of pantsless dancing happening. <laughs> we weren't nudists but or I, anything. I could see you doing that. But I could see you doing that. Yeah. I mean, anyone who knows me would be like, oh, okay, yeah, that seems about right. So, so what anyways, did you do when they drove past? Did you, like, pull your pants up? I pulled up my pants up and just walked away like nothing happened. <laughs> and I was mortified. Like, you know. Oh, And I still remember, like, it's it's in my mind this moment of, like, looking up and these people looking at me like, seriously. <laughs> A naked, naked girl dancing in the street of this campground. Like they've probably gone and stayed somewhere else now. <laughs> oh my goodness! I have secondhand embarrassment about that. That's I know. Awful. <laughs> that's awful. Awful. And like you're just at that age where I feel like that's probably one of the last times you'd probably do that anyway. <laughs> well, exactly. I don't know, but <laughs> oh, that's funny. Good story. I love a good embarrassing story. Okay, Jill. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you everyone for listening in. If you want to listen to more Slop Sisters podcasts, make sure to hit subscribe and that like button. And we're going to try and post a new podcast, I think, every week. We're just getting into it. So we'll do our best to get one up every week. If you have any topic suggestions or anything you want to let us know about, leave us a comment and we'll surely try to fit it into the show. All right. I'm checking okay. out from the closet now. <laughs> Okay, I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, see you later. Bye.